I'm just going to record this quick little intro because I don't really know what else to do, but um, <clears throat> I was just listening to what me and Ted, what that first episode, whatever we want to call it, and it just felt right. Just felt, this feels like what I'm meant to do, and um, I'm excited to have started. So give it a listen, enjoy it, let me know what you think, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep doing this. This is what I'm doing. So thanks for listening and enjoy. For what? Instagram. Two bros. Yeah. To be honest, I don't know. I don't know what we're rocking with. Can you close closet door and... Ted, tell me about your favorite birthday party. My favorite birthday party was uh, my Blue's Clues birthday party back in... Oh, I don't know. Four? I don't know what year that was. I think it's good enough. <coughs> <coughs> Let's minimize the coughing, please. Yeah, I'm going to show the hardest. I think I'm done with the music. No more music. Alright, Ted. This is me starting. I, I'm i starting the Pace and Wick show. I think you should start the Ted Wick show. Both both in honor of the Tom Wick show. Do you remember what the Tom Wick show is? Well, yeah, but... Why don't we just combine into a two brothers thing? Well, because I'm... Geographically, that is not the most logical <laughs> plan of attack. I think I think the the best way for us to go about this is to go the Paysonwick show and the Tedwick show, and both kind of climb simultaneously in our own little spheres. Yeah, I feel that. And then we come together for Two Bros Inc. I like that. When we can. When we can. When I'll just be a recurring guest. I think I think you should Ted. You're gonna be a good you're gonna be a good guy. You're gonna be a good podcast guest. I can see it on your face. Well, thank you. You want to give us a little breakdown of the the scenario we got going on right now? Can you just break it break down for us what I just did to get Payson's bedroom into Payson's studios? Yeah. So Payson's bedroom, desk, bed, couch, couple swivel chairs. Desk is usually along the wall. I'm sitting there. Next thing I know, Payson starts unplugging cords and moving things, and I'm confused. But he brought his desk from the wall to the middle of the room to have, like, a, a Let's table. the situation room. And now I feel like I am in the middle of a, a studio and recording the best podcast and within seconds. Well, that's just the truth. Well, yeah. That's not... You don't feel like you are. You actually are. And we got a couple great Advent beers right now. I am drinking an O'Shea's Grapefruit Indian Pale Ale. Um, guess where it was brewed? O'Shea's. Uh, New Jersey. 
Ireland. No freaking way. Yeah. Across the pond? Craft brewed in Ireland. Across the whole pond? The whole pond. They put it on a boat and floated it here for us to sip on. What are you drinking? This one feels a little bit like a... They put... They tried a little too hard. It's called Boot Tread. It's a Belgian amber ale. But it's just a picture of a red boot with, like, the sole facing upward. Mm. It's good, but I'm not impressed by the by the branding of it. That definitely looks like that was an afterthought. They just had a few holes to fill. Can you break... Can you just let us know... Uh, I just want to talk about mom's obsession with Advent. Yes. Activities? So, uh, what do you? How do you even describe Advent? Like, is it a? You think a, about an Advent calendar of every day you open up a little window and get a little chocolate, a piece of chocolate. That's what you grow up with. That's what you know. The first That's tradition. Day, you get a little pretty crappy piece of chocolate. But every day you get a piece of chocolate. It's crappy. Can you? Is that a fair assessment of chocolate, or is that just, just like it's relative? The, it's the Advent chocolate. Okay. It's not the best chocolate. It's not Hershey's, obviously. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is, but it's not chocolate. But our mother, Susan Wick, might have an, a bad obsession with Advent. I think it might be an addiction. I think TLC might need to come up with a new show for it. We walk around the house, and there's. Wine advent calendars. Plural. Cheese. Plural. Plural. Cheese. Plural. Again. Advent calendars. Dog treat advent calendars. You got Beer. one stored in your car because you don't have any room in the house for it. There's an advent calendar unopened in my car because I'm trying to get it away from the rest of the house. Just to keep us safe. But It's getting to an unhealthy level. Don't forget about the... I think we probably have about... Usually a family might have one, and you're fighting over who gets th- to eat that little piece of chocolate. No. <laughs> you can get We've drunk. Us. You can get drunk with the We're amount getting of, drunk. Right now. With the As we of, speak, as you're listening, as you have our voices in your ears, we are currently getting drunk on advent calendars. Just think about that. Just let and this that is resonate. like one day. This is one day. This is one day. Two people. Are getting drunk because one of advent calendar. One advent calendar. But yeah, that's that's. Just let that mom. sink in. Just let that. Just swallow those words. Let it. Let it digest, and then poop it out a little bit later. Yeah, poop that out. Poop that advent out. Poop that out. What are you excited for this Christmas? What am I excited for? I'm excited for a little time off, a little nice. relaxation. Yeah, today's a big day for you. Yeah. Two weeks off. Two weeks How, off. How's work been for the last? Work's been great. Learned a lot, but it's always nice to have a little break. Always. Refresh, get the mind right. Any oh. big plans for work in 2020 or just kind of... Um, I'll, I'll figure out my life. Figure out that full-time life. Still up in the air with that, so that's a big... I think 2020 is going to be a good year for the Wick Boys. Why do you think that? I just think we're going to actually have direction in our lives. What do you they, mean by that? I think we're both figuring out... Well, what we in 2019 we're still unknown about the future and I think we both have more of a path based on your move into Denver still a little up in the air about what you're doing but you're figuring it out I think I've figured True out true to Payson that's what that's, that's Payson that's how Payson works it I've figured out a career path and I think I'm gonna actually lock down into something in 2020 move out but we're both moving out of the house probably in 2020 
living at home has been uh it's been an experience though. Been an experience. I'm excited for 2020, but I think we're at a point where we're both reflecting on 2019. And while I think um, I think it's definitely not been ideal for either one of us, I think it's been very positive. I think we're going to look back on this experience very positively. I couldn't agree more. A lot of people look. I don't want to say look down, but don't think the the fondest of moving back with your parents. But this has been an absolute. I think. I don't know the right words, but it's been a it's been fun, but it's also been like it's been good. What has made it fun for you? I think just like we're all mature, where we are our own person, and we don't need each other, but where we still have that like family time that we rarely had before. We moved, we went to college. If that makes sense. It's like we're all adults, and we like know that, and we respect that. And not everybody's, like, on top of each other, but we still get to have those hangout times and, like, mature conversations that we never really had. Because the last time we all lived together was when I was a soft, like, full-time was when I was a sophomore in high school and you were a senior. And I was not anywhere near mature enough. And you well, were, I was just an angry 17-year-old. You were 17 and I was 15 just trying to figure out which foot is left yeah like a 15 year old teenager and so like we could like we and like that was we could have conversations and talk but like now we can actually talk about real stuff and like live and like but but it's just it's we're adults living in the same and obviously it's our parents house and everything and we respect that but they respect us too yeah i think for me like me personally it's just been a good period of closure I guess for childhood I feel like I went to went to college just frustrated with living at home and not having freedom and I think it took away from what it what living at home is and just enjoying the lack of response like real world responsibility and I've just really enjoyed the last six months like you said just having the moments where, like, I spend most of my time in my room when whatever, but there are moments when we're all hanging out downstairs and just enjoying each other's presence, and it's yeah, it's equity. It's not, no one's trying to, like, parent anyone else. No one's trying to, like, direct anyone else. It's just everyone enjoying each other's presence. And, um, you know, that's something that's going to end. It's going to end for us pretty soon here. And, um... I don't know. I've just, I've been taking moments. There were moments in this, in the last, what, I moved back. It's been six months. I mean, I've been living here for six months, and um, there have been plenty of moments where I've been really frustrated. I've wanted my own space again. I've Mm -hmm. wanted to have my own kitchen. I've wanted to not depend on anyone else for my living. Yeah. And that's been super frustrating for me. But after the last six weeks since I've decided that Denver is the next move. Like there's a timeline, there's a plan. It's making sense for me. And I've just taken a step back and appreciated living with you again, where we're both adults and living with mom and dad and enjoying those times. And, um, we're all healthy and we're all like on a positive trajectory in life. And yeah, it's, It's hard to, like, recognize it because it's so simple, and it's not, like, the most pleasurable thing, but it's so peaceful, and I've really, 
it's just been nice to have those moments and appreciate them in the moment. And I agree. we have another couple weeks of it, and I'm just going to sip these beers and have fun with it. And there's going to be new challenges for both of us in the future. But no, it's been awesome. It's been a true blessing just because being able to figure out our life and being able to be here is awesome. And having our parents respect our space, and because there's a lot of people that they would go back to the high school days where we had to be home and like obviously it's still their house and it's their rules but they do let us be ourselves also yeah. but it, it will be nice to move out and move on and we, we found a good equilibrium for the situation yeah. but I think it, it's a temporary equilibrium and it's been nice to find it but I'm, I'm also excited for you to have a place in Chicago and I'm excited to live in Denver which is a place that I've always I think I've always just been destined to experience and live in yeah I for the for the listeners not to distract you Ted but I'm currently opening a beer with a key oh it's a a Brogel Brogel two bros bro that E throws me off I know well, the R look, kind of looks like a... I don't know. It's a Bach beer. Bach beer. I love Bach beers. Oh, Jesus. It's going to get bad fast. This is turning into a bad thing. What's that key for? The office. This is kind of difficult. How did you do it so perfectly... With mine. Well, this one's just getting a little fizzy. And... Like, I don't want it to rust, you know? Naturally. This is a truly incredible... Can you can you commentate for the listeners who aren't able to see this feat? So, here in one hand. Key in the other. A little, the teeth of the key go under the cap. A little fizz comes out. Mason does a... Of I'm the, gonna make Bubba really unhappy here. Uh oh, he's go, he's about to go teeth it. He's he he's given. Oh, I hate this. But he did it somehow, some way. Payson figured it out, and the, the brogel is open. I wish we had two brogels. <laughs> oh, if we had two brogels, life would be good. You know, there's a two two bros brewery. I've heard that. I also found Two Brothers Road in Colorado. I don't know if you're about a road trip to Colorado or flying out or something. That's, but that will be a, a fun picture. I think um, once the Pace and Wick Show and the Ted Wick Show simultaneously take off in their own airspaces uh-huh. in a couple of months, we can do a quick little retreat to Two Bros Road and just reminisce what? on the good old days. What could we do on Two Bros Road? I think it's not about what we could do on Two Bros Road. It's what we aren't going to do. Hmm. Speaking about Two Bros, what was it? Two years ago. It was two years ago. Oh, coming up on this time, we're getting ready for our cross-country adventure. That Two really, Bros in a cross-country American road trip. That's a pretty pivotal moment in our... really started this idea. Yeah. What, what's that idea? In your head. Just having a entertainment value to our brothers I think it's pretty 
funny how I'm sure you get it, but I know that I get references to two brothers in a car to this day. See, because you posted most of them on your story, a lot of my followers don't know about it. But people do still bring it up to me. See, I get it fairly and like often enough to where it feels disgraceful that we haven't done more two brothers content in the last six months of living under the same roof, sleeping about four arms lengths from each other. I know, just right through that wall, right what, there. What do you think? It's got to be four arms. I mean. Or from human. your bed, if you went through the wall to my bed? Three arms lengths for a majority of our time. My, we were sitting where my bed used to be. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Two brothers. Yeah, two years ago we were getting ready for that. I agree. What were you, what were you thinking about leading up to that? Were you nervous that I was going to be mean to you? No, I think for me... When I was getting ready for that trip, the trip out there was such a small point in my thought. I wasn't really thinking about that. I was more thinking about... It was about, more just like the transportation of it. it. It was like, it has to be done to get to where I was. Um, and it wasn't against anything against you, but I was moving to a new city with most of the people I didn't know for five months. So that was sort of what was it taking up most of my brain space. Yeah. But... That's completely understandable. Um, but, and like, I, once we got into it, I knew it was going to be a trip. Like, when, just getting ready and packing that car. And we were two big boys in that, the old steed. The old steed. Payson was still a pretty big boy. I mean, yeah. Like, you, you we, were bigger than you are now, too. Oh, yeah. Like, we were... We weighed that thing down. Like, come, if we were to get back come, into it, think about the gas mileage we would have saved. I know. Combine like probably an extra hundred and fifty pounds in that car because of because <laughs> yeah number an extra hundred and fifty pounds in that car um, than what wow. we now and like everything else other than those front two seats were was my crap that we're going out to move to L.A. and. And man, we just took off down south. What was that? I fifty seven south to Memphis. Well, Grant Grant was in Memphis, and he like posted a picture of Beale Street, and I was yeah. like, "Wow!" Like I've been there. We we went to that restaurant. I'm so glad we went to that restaurant. That's so funny because somebody that I was in LA with just posted a picture of that BB King's restaurant too. Yeah, and like, but like, like you said, it's one of those things like. Honestly, I never really thought, like, like I said, what, I was thinking about the the fact I was going to L.A. for a semester, so I wasn't really thinking about the stops, but, like, the places we stopped were, like, Memphis. I wish it, like, we went at a time where it was, like... Well, it was, like, polar vortex or whatever you want to call it. It was, it was the, like, eight degrees. It was right after the New Year, so everything was, like, still recovering from the New Year. It was, like, a Tuesday. It was, yeah. But, like, still, like, we went to this, I think Payson... Honestly, no. I, it, this is so funny because I, I don't. You definitely will remember this, but we went to the hotel and we we're like, "Where should we go?" And they're like, "You have to go to Beale Street." And we're like, "Okay." So we went to Beale Street and we're walking around, and almost everything was closed. Yeah. And we walked in that one restaurant, and we walked in, and we we're like, "Okay, this place is open," and it was like crummy. There's a couple people sitting around, and it like, and we're like, "No, let's not do this." And we walked out, and we came upon 
BB, I think it's BB King's yeah. barbecue. And we're like, okay, this looks good. And then word on the street is there's live music coming up. And we're like, we have a, we're in the balcony area looking over the stage. We got, Payson got like half a chicken. I got this really good, like, barbecue sandwich. It was great. Next thing we know, some just amazing jazz comes on. It was blues. Or blues, duh, blues. And, like, we're sitting there. Like, I think we sat there for like an hour. And oh, if not. We were both hour. tired. We yeah. crushed out a seven hour day. And, and just the thrill of getting the trip started, I think, was exhausting for me. And it's just like sitting there, it's like, all right, we got... I think we sat there for long enough to where it was like the perfect amount of like, all right, we got the food, we got the music, we got the vibe of Memphis. I could definitely go back, but also I've gotten enough of Memphis to be satisfied out of that trip. It's just, it's one of those things, it's like, like I'm guessing in my lifetime I'll be back to Memphis, but like you said, it's like probably if if I'd never go back, I experienced Memphis. Even in a... I mean, we were awake there for, what, five hours? Barely. Yeah, Maybe. like, we got up the next day, we had a drive. That next day was a long one. It was a, it was a long day. But, I mean, I'm glad, it, that was the day we went to um, Hot Springs, Arkansas, right? Was that the next day? Yeah, because we drove clear across, no. No, we went down to Memphis, and we were going to go to Ooh. your buddy in, what, Houston? Not Houston. Dallas. No. Dallas. And he wasn't going to be there, right? So we ended up keep going. But that was the day we went to, because it was supposed to be a shorter drive because we were just going to Dallas. But then at the we end... to like Amor... No. No, it was like... Uh, Am- I don't know. But that last... I'm looking at the map over there. Is, I'm going to look at it really quick. But that was that was probably the longest drive. Because what did we drive? We went to Memphis. Then we had to... What did we cross? Memphis, Tennessee. Then what did... We went- so we went to Memphis, and then we stopped in Hot Springs, and then we were driving down to Dallas. And then it was Beaver Massey. He was not. He was gonna get in, and then like his plane kept getting delayed. And then you were asleep in the car. Yeah. And I was just like, "Yeah, this is not gonna happen." So I called Sue Wick. It wasn't Wichita. No, it was. It was a two-word place, right? Yeah. I can't remember. I can't think of it. Don't worry too much about it. But then... But yeah. So we drove... That day we drove from Memphis straight across Arkansas. Stopped in Hot Springs, which was just a... That was just like a sort of... That was the most like... Spontaneous Ted Wick move. Yeah. You're like... Yeah, there's. I think it's Hot Springs, and I'm like, should we do it? And you're like, I don't care. And next thing I know, I'm going to Hot Springs. What What were you thinking as we made that? As we made that move? Well, for me, I I think I don't really know. Like I I sort of just I. So this is going to be like I knew it was a shorter drive. I knew we wanted to see something it sounded cool and I'm like let's just do it just a little fuck it from Ted yeah and will I ever go back to Hot Springs Arkansas probably not it looks like it had a booming tourism industry that was not 100 years ago yeah that was not now but Mm. the springs were hot we were hot we can 
tell you that. For it, I have physical experience enough to tell you. Got some cool hats. Cool hats. Um, Don't know where my hat is. It was in my it was in my car for a while. I have it somewhere, like lodged, but it's okay. But yeah, that was my my time in Arkansas. I think that's the only time I've ever been in Arkansas. I went to Arkansas for the second time. What month ago? A little over a month ago. It's a good state. Like it. It's well, overrated. Well, so where I went, Fayetteville. Bentonville, like that little region is where Walmart is headquartered. Oh, really? And you'd think, you'd think that like Walmart, scummy, redneck, like that's what you would associate with it. That's just not what it is at all. Hmm. Like the Walton family is actually very much, they're, they're thinking about their community with it. Like they're, are they from? Yeah, they're from, like that's their hometown. Oh, and so any company that is selling goods out of Walmart has to have some sort of a headquarters there. So that's just bringing a ton of money in there. Hmm. So th- there's that aspect of it. They're very much like they're very art focused, like creative focused. So they have a free art museum that's the Sam Walton or the Walton Family Art Gallery. All profits from anything go back into the community. Like it's kind of, it's kind of overwhelming. I have one real question. Okay. Did you go to the Walmart? I went to one Walmart. You didn't go to the Walmart though. I didn't know that. I I didn't go to the Walmart. No. Hmm. I wonder how nice that Walmart is. Do you think there's a subway in the Walmart? I feel like every Walmart has a subway in it. Subway's really gone down the tank when you think about it. Well, I think they just have had some... They They haven't really kept up with the times. They were... So I was talking with somebody the other day. Subway was like, in my opinion, the fast food, like, customizable company. Like, you'd go there and be able to say, like, get what you wanted on it. Like... Envision you. You were able to have a vision, yeah. a dream in your head. Like they gave you the, they gave you the bones, and you're able to create the person. Is that now? That was not a good one. They I gave. Come up with a better analogy. I know what you're saying, but that. They gave you one. the wheels, but you got to create. No, they gave you the metal to create the car. That's way too ambiguous. Mm, they, they gave you the bread to create the sandwich. Boom. But then now it, t- you, it takes a few, but you got it. But now you look at everything. Chipotle, it's the same thing. Yeah. Just Mexican. A little bit more. It's nicer, but it's yeah. the same idea. You look at every other sub joint these days, it's the same idea. But back in the day. They like, set the tone. But it, I'm almost positive it's Subway that really started that, where you could really customize and build your own. They, they gave the power of the food and fast food back to the customer. And they were, like, obviously it's not super healthy, but they were the healthy option when they when you would think about Subway or fast food back in the day when it was burgers and fries and then Subway came along and they're like, wait a second, you can put veggies and, like, supposedly fresh veggies. Obviously it's they're not, but, like, eat, what was it? What was their Subway eat fresh? Like, yeah. that was their thing. They really, I think, had some great, like, marketing back in the day. But like you said, like, 
what what if they I, I agree I don't think they've really done anything to take that next step and I don't I don't think they're going anywhere because they're still make money but like I think they're definitely the bottom end of f- fast food now yeah I mean not to get too business focused but I think like most fast food joints that have kind of scaled and survived is they scaled way too quickly and they made it way too easy for people to way too easy for people to franchise and when you make it too easy for people to franchise then you have people who are not qualified who are able to get their hands on money and they're not understanding the brand of it and they can't keep the quality going and that's just kind of the reality of it but yeah Doing, can you introduce yourself to the podcast? And I am uh, Thomas Payson Wick. I am father of the sons of Payson and Ted Wick. And um, I am interrupting this podcast. I'm sorry to do that, but I love my sons. <laughs> what, did, what did you come in here? What was your intention of knocking on the door? And well, what are you now finding? And what is your new intention of this? Well, I like this. Uh, this is a very cool uh, studio right now. I came in here to say that I love my sons, and um, I am sorry that I interrupted you guys. I did not realize you were doing this. So I'm, no. I know you said that I, earlier, but I'm totally screwing this up. Can you edit this out? So I don't no, I think this is making... This, this is, we talked about living at home earlier, and so this is just kind of like <laughs> cemented. This is a good callback as a part of the episode. Yeah, this is going to be edited in a, such a way that my dad <laughs> really... Is a bummer right now, but um, no, you're good. <clears throat> this is very good. I love this guys. <laughs> Come on. Good can night, you, Father. Can you can you give like your quick words of wisdom to the listeners? <laughs> How many listeners do we have? Uh, well, right now zero. Right now zero. This is this is not a live thing. This is something that will. This is how technology works. Like it's not a live one. So it's not a live one. So it could be infinite. Like if this becomes a big hit, it could be forever. So like, what do you want the world to know? I am Mr. Danger. Wow. That is what I like to be known as. Is Mr. Danger. I am the father of two sons, but I am still Mr. Danger. And if anyone wants to find a fifty-seven year old half, fifty-seven year old and a half guy. Who's Mr. Danger? You got finger guns. I'm the guy. Tom is a guy. But I love my sons. <laughs> I love my sons. My sons are my boys. They're my boys, my men, my sons. But I'm still Mr. Danger. We got behind the back finger guns, through the legs. Wow. Tom Wick. Good night, right. Father. Good night, good night, Tom Wick. I love you guys. Sorry, I, I am so sorry I interrupted. I did not realize. <laughs> <laughs> I, can you, uh... I'm going to teeth it. Do something. I don't know what, what route you want to do. I'm really glad that that happened. That was a perfect... That was about as... You're doing it. It's really just physics, you know? You're just getting leverage on it. That was really clean. I do I do things about three or four times, and then I get really good at it, and then 
I forget about it tomorrow. That's just kind of the, the trajectory it takes. If you could get really good at one thing, what would you do? Or, no, let me rephrase that. If you could be perfect at one thing, what would it be? Like, you're, it's not like that's the only thing you're per- Like, you're still your same, but like at this one thing, you're really good. Um, I would say making just enough money to survive. Like, if I can get to a point where I'm perfect at, like, I don't want to get perfect at, like, making an astonishing amount of money, because that comes with its problems, but making enough money to, like, cover rent, cover groceries, cover, like, life and health insurance, yeah. so that, like, you got your basic necessities covered, and then you can just kind of focus on, like, all right, how can I cover the luxuries of life? That makes sense. Um, I would say that's what I want to be perfect at, but... Do you know what I want to be perfect at? Not really. Hammering in a nail. Because <laughs> I'd be a sought-after carpenter. Like ev- I think you probably already could be a sought-after carpenter. Every time... Look, like, looking at your hands right now, think those about are the being, hands that carpenters are looking for. Thinking about being perfect at hammering in a nail. <laughs> constantly, Have never missing. A, <laughs> what is it, a nail gun? Yeah, but... Just think if I could do double hammer perfect. You know what? I know that I've said it a couple times in the past, what, six days since I've seen it. But that video of you tossing <laughs> axes, axes at, a, at two targets, simultaneously, double fisted. Yeah. Different targets. Yeah. That was my... I mean, s- I know you were nonchalant about it, but like... That that's that that's an impressive feat. No, I, it was I haven't seen that often. I will say I went first time throwing axes. I'll be totally honest, first time throwing axes. Were you exceptional? <coughs> I wasn't exceptional. But easier than I thought, first off. Okay. Second off, the double axe, I did it twice. Okay. I threw two two axes twice. Actually, like that video was the second time. After that I threw it a couple more times. But it was weird because, like, I didn't know where to focus. Because mm-hmm. you're like, there's two... You fo- were you able to focus on anything? So the first... I know t- you got two eyes, but, like, so I the, can't look at two things at once. So the first time I threw the two axes, I looked only at the, the right target. Because that's, like, I'm a, my right arm is dominant, so I just... And the, the left axe just went blank. The right axe went where it was supposed to. So then I was like, well, my right arm is more dominant... So it's going to be better. So I looked at the left one and focused more on the left. And so I was more focused on my left side and my right arm just went with it. And so that's how I got both of them able to stick. I mean, you're saying it so nonchalantly and I don't think you realize how impressive that... It was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It was pretty... It was good. Honestly... I felt compelled enough to record, like screen record it. (laughs) And then repost it on my story. Well, like, thank, and yeah. that doesn't happen very often. Thanks for that exposure. Yeah. So I saw that it... I was, I'm trying to give Two Bros Inc. The, the exposure it deserves. I did. One of the other times, I told the couple of the co-workers I was with, I was like, I'm in the Hunger Games. And this is my... You know, in that scene in the Hunger Games where they're like... They're like trying to impress the capital people that to give them a score. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is mine. 
And like I'm like, look at that, Wha-pow! and like threw one axe at the other, and then they're like, another person goes, and I felt. You know what store we should open up? Like you know how axes have been pretty, pretty successful when you think about it. Axe throwing, axe throwing. They're popping up everywhere. We should start a ninja star throwing bar. See, I think there's possibilities with that, or just like so. Obviously, this whole, like, idea... Like, like, tossing sharp things at a wall is a thing. Like, people so, like it. So, it's basically the same thing as bowling. So, it all started back in the day with people bowling, where okay. it's lanes. And they're like, you can drink, hang out, throw a ball down a lane. Mm-hmm. Then, you got, the, like, darts, where it's like, all right, darts, still throwing a thing, scoring points. And then some guy's like, no. Nah. That's... Darts too small. <laughs> Boring! Darts too small. Do you think it was a Donnie... Donny T uh, venture, maybe. Or so, so there, I can just picture this guy in like middle it's of. It's gonna be great. We're gonna throw axes at walls. <laughs> I don't. People know. are gonna eat it up. I don't know, but I think what we we're can, gonna build the best wall. People are gonna throw axes. <laughs> but let's just say, let's just say, whoever. What are we saying? Us, what are we saying? They're like, all right, we're gonna start a bar. And we're just going to have people throw axes at all. Going to be fine. Next thing we know, <laughs> everywhere, people are throwing axes left and right. Have there been any accidents? There's got to be. Like, somebody's had to, like, I just signed a waiver, and they're like, there's one in percent that it actually bounces back at you. And I'm like... They say that to you? Yeah. They're like, well, 99%... At least like, they say it, yeah, you know? Because it is possible. Have you seen the video? I've seen a video where, what, it hits the fucking phone right out of the dude's hand, It's... Right? It's pretty remarkable. They even teach you, like, trick shots. Like, I was throwing axes underhand like this. They teach you trick shots? Yeah. Do they have, like, on-site lumberjacks to keep everything? They, two guys. So there's there's two different... What were, like, the... If you could estimate in, like, cubic centimeters, what were the volumes of their beards? One guy was, uh... Um... He was, uh... Probably about a two-day-old beard. Two-day. So a little scruff, nothing. Other guy was definitely a bearded man. Very nice guys. Colin and Cody. Those are, like, if if you were to ask me to come up with ten lumberjack names, I think both would be on a list of ten. Well, yeah. Thrilling day. Um, Through some axes. Would I do it again? Probably not top of my list, but... Maybe in a year. I'll do it again. Yeah. It's not something that I'll recommend. After you knock some other things off your list. A lot of things I want to do before that. Fair. Um, Fair. But lumberjacking, fun. Very fun. It's really exciting. They definitely have, they've got some of some games. What games? Uh, These beers are kind of making me a little gassy. Sort of horse. So you'd go up against someone and whoever scored the highest point, the other person would get a, a ladder. Fun. Um, there's elimination at the end where you went up against somebody and you had two lives. That sounds kind of dangerous. Yeah, it was good. Good time. How how would you improve it if you could? I don't know if there's much more improvement. I think it's pretty much like you're at a point where you're at the end of the day you're just throwing axes against the wall. Yeah. Like there's nothing naturally. Nothing you can really do. It's not like you maybe. A, if they had, like, a bigger axe, that would have been kind of fun. Oh, like one of those 
like samurai axe yeah, or something. Like, I don't know. There's got to be. Because what if it's yeah? I gotta take a piss. Let let the people know. Let the people know what. Just tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Tedwick, Payson's brother. I well, I've really dropped the ball on this one. I've said three words by the time Payson's gonna be back. So sorry, Payson. Christmas is around the corner now. Then New Year's. Then it's 2020. That's pretty, truly incredible. I really dropped the ball in that uh, time alone. Did you just stop talking? No, I just said like seven words. It's fine. I guess um, my biggest question for you is what What as Wick brothers, as two brothers, as the Pace and Wick show and as a Ted Wick show, do we have to look forward to in the next month? More content. More content. I think one thing is um, we're going on a trip in a week where there's going to be five straight days of Payson and Ted content, and I don't know. Is French Ted going to be a, a recurring guest? Payson, I, you don't understand. I, I want to understand. French Ted, when those wheels take off from O'Hare International Airport. Once the rubber just departs so the concrete. You, like, that seven hours you're sitting next to French Ted and you let's just say French Ted does not sleep. I see I'm at the point where I I'm about to open up my laptop and order a splitter with two lav mics. So we can just get that little guy going and we can just have a conversation and drink wine for seven hours. Are you I am down. Like we probably there's gonna be a good amount of dead time in that if we if we try, but like it could be some good content. I don't know if we need to record the whole seven hours, but I think we could take 45 minutes of the seven-hour flight after about... We're at 45 minutes right now. That's a... Like, we've been talking for 45 minutes. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you get you get on the plane. Once you get out to altitude, Mrs. Waitress comes there, flight attendant comes there. What's her name going to be? Linda. Linda's been flying for 12 years. This is her... Does she know about Barksas? Most people don't know about Barksus, but Barksus knows about that. Okay. I feel a little We're, embarrassed, but also giddy bringing him up. There's, Are you? No, that's you. I still have a full. Um, oh, we're going off Shay's Red Ale. Yeah. Let me know how it is. I think it's got a swan on it. Um, wow. But I think about two hours in, most people are going to be not a Well, you, you, what, what... We have a we have an audience member here in front of a live audience. It's live. Yeah. What what people are not understanding is that we are going to have 
the whole morning, like it's an afternoon flight. We have the whole morning to get together. We have a, a ride to the airport. We're going to have probably nine hours at the airport because mom is a little compulsive about getting there. And then we have seven hours flying, if not more. And that's all like build up podcasting time that we can either prepare with beer or talk into a microphone. You guys got to talk about something more than this. We're, we're not talking about logistics. I came in here to say one thing and one thing only. I am counting on you guys to take care of me, to tell me what to do when I get to the point in life when I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm telling you right now, I'm taking your direction. I'm just telling you right now. So the people who are listening out there, you have to listen to your sons or your daughters. If you got daughters, you got to listen to them. But you got to listen to your sons or daughters because they know what the hell they're doing. My kids know what the hell they're doing, and that's what I'm going to say. So I'm just saying that right now. You can edit this out. But I am in your hands in 20 years or 25 years. You're taking care of me. I'm going to follow your direction because you guys know what the hell you're doing because I love you very much. You're my boys, and I love you very much. What? That's the truth. What should our... Can you give us one topic to discuss on our flight to Paris? One topic on your, on your flight to Paris... Yeah. It's got to be more than logistics. Do not talk well, about logistics. We're just planning out for the for the listeners so they know what to expect as we go on that. It's got to be provocative. It's got to be something that people want to hear twenty a twenty two year and a twenty four year old talk about. It cannot be about logistics. It's got to be about like I would talk about your feelings about the our fucking country right now that is going. I would like to know what your generation is feeling about our country right now, and especially about our generation. That, to me, would be very interesting. I'd love to hear about what you think about what we're doing, since we're right now in a position of leadership. Let's hear about that. All right. I think we can, we'll add that to the, to the shot list. And then always talk sports. Can always talk about sports. Can you ask us one question right now for both, like for both of us that we can talk about right now? Right now, a question yeah. for both of you to talk yeah. about. Well, I was I was thinking something. That this is it's too deep, so I don't want to think about that. What? I, Go for I, it. Well, Shoot it. I'm reading this book right now where God. This this it's a real story, and they put they talked about God, um, like to put. Like God's going to tell me what to do, and I just I I I cannot believe that. I have faith, but I still believe I have a re, I have a sense of responsibility that's it's still up to me. I still make the decisions, so I'd be interested in your thoughts about faith. That's pretty deep. That's not what I want. So no, don't talk about that. Cause that's too deep, right? We'll now. save that for episode nine. Okay, episode nine. Talk about girls. Talk about girls. I think I think two twenty four a uh, twenty two and twenty four olds talk about girls. Girls let's are let's very, make it a little bit more... Girls are very cute, and they're wonderful, and they make life a lot more fun. That's what I talk about. I love you guys so much. All right? Thanks, Tom. I do. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. I love you guys so much. <laughs> how's, how's the girlfriend on your end? Wow. I, uh... That was, a. Uh, Tom's had a few glasses of wine. Our logistics talk was bad. 
<laughs> it's not. It's not a part of Tom's checklist this time. This today. I. Sorry, we talked about. <laughs> if you're bored with the logistics, please let us know in the comments down below. Wow. So we got to talk about <laughs> faith and life. We got seven-hour flight. <laughs> are, are we going to the airport? Uh, probably. I think a on car. a carpet full of love, maybe. <laughs> I'm just going to let God tell me where to go. <laughs> Fucking iPhone, right? Just, just, just feel the love of God, and He'll direct me on the way to the airport. Oh man, that's too good. I don't really know how to pick myself up after that one. I'm glad that we had that. I feel like it's very... Like, Tom was definitely the the spark to what caused this moment, you know? 100%. So great beer. You know what? O'Shea's traditional red ale. I don't, I don't know if this is a real beer. Like, this is, like, not Ikea. Aldi? Aldi. They're both Scandinavian, I'm pretty sure. Right? No idea. I don't know. Because, like, these advent calendars talked about within the first five minutes of this podcast, most of them came from Aldi. Aldi is a name, a, a brandless company. Kind of. Like, they don't have the big name brands. Yeah. So, like, They're none living of on their be- own boat. None of these beers we're drinking are, like, Anheuser-Busch or any of those big companies. So I don't really know who's making these beers. I don't know what's going on with it. Good beer, though. It's tasty. I like it. Like, this is a product of Belgium. I like Belgium. This is a product of Ireland. Craft brewed in Ireland. Like, this... Think about... Think about... You know what I like to think about? I know that that was kind of a tangent right there of just the trajectory of it, and now I'm making it worse. But people used to... Just hear about the United States. Like, they didn't see pictures. They didn't, like, read articles. They didn't read blogs. They were just like, huh, I bet life might be better in the United States. I'm going to give up everything I've ever known and chase something that I have no idea about. They didn't, didn't, like, have endless conversations. They didn't have a phone call to call somebody that was there. They had... Probably a letter that was on a boat that would take... Maybe, if if they could afford it. Yeah. Or just through the grapevine, they heard someone say that, you know what, I'm going to hop on a boat, give up everything I've ever known... To go to this magical land. Where anything is possible. That's true. There's like some movies out there that are like that, where it's like... Chasing this idea... Of, but not knowing that idea. And it's just like, that's that idea of it is just based off of like moving from Europe to USA or moving f- like, not USA. Do you have any um, examples? What I'm just, I'm, not really. My feet are getting a little sweaty, so I'm taking shoes off. You know what somebody brought up to me? What? My buddy Anthony. You know Anthony. Anthony. Babinette. Who? Babs. Who? He brought up an idea. You know this chair leans back. Yeah, you told me that the other day. That there's some people that were back in the day, way back in the day, that never saw what they looked like. 
They never saw a reflection. They didn't have mirrors. They didn't have smartphones. He's like, the only way they would have seen it is a reflection of, on the water. Maybe. Maybe. They were lucky. Yeah. So there's some people out there that never knew what they actually looked like. Well, there are people that never spoke to another human. That's another idea. I mean, I'm talking about just entire generations of people that, what, 30,000 years ago, 40,000 years ago, that probably looked evolutionarily very similar to us, probably thought evolutionarily very similar to us. They didn't have a language. They just didn't have a language. Yeah. They didn't have any technology. They didn't have pictures. They just existed. Think about how the stars would have looked. How how the air was so clean. Well, I mean, that was probably the most, like, they probably looked at those things so much more fondly than we did. Like, we just kind of like, like, oh, nice. You take a nice breath and it's like, oh, good. It's nice. So there's like, (sighs) wow. They looked up at the sky and they're like, look at this. What's going on? And they didn't have any, they're just, they didn't didn't have any other form of They just felt the emotion. They just felt it. Yeah. And it was... Because like you said, they they had brains, so they could think. Yeah. I mean, evolutionarily, they weren't very different from us. They just didn't have... They weren't able to communicate with... They just didn't have the exact same tools as us. So, like, their human experience was just as dynamic and profound as ours is. They just didn't have the same amount of tools to dilute that experience. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's a heavy thought. It's weird to think about. But it's it's just kind of the reality of it. It's, it's just kind of... Like, I mean, maybe it, it varied a little bit. Maybe there's some things that we're not thinking about, and maybe it's not whatever, but I think we can say with some amount of certainty that that's something that thousands of people felt experienced yeah. I don't know it's it's tough to even think about honestly it's it, you can't even quantify it no because like even thinking about it, like the people that lived in the 1800s like their their life was just so similar to us but so different so different like they were able to talk they lived in a home they had families but like technology and well, like I listened food. to I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast this week with uh, an author who wrote a story about the Wild West and it was the mid eighteen hundreds, mid to late eighteen hundreds, and there was this Indian Indian tribe called the Comanches, which was basically just a lawless and I, you, basically the gist of it was us today living in middle upper class white America we think of Native Americans as this like sympathetic tribe of people like we don't even think about about it as like a conglomeration of nations we think about it as like a, a singular tribe of people and how the white people came in and stomped all over him and I'm sure that there's a lot of variation in that and people who have more information probably think about it a little bit more dynamically than I am right now but like Holistically, I think most people just think about Native Americans as like 
this lonely tribe that got stomped. Could you confirm or deny? I agree with that. Like, generalized. But this guy wrote a book about the Comanches, which were um, a tribe in the plains. So, like, from Nebraska to northern Texas. Like, that region. And they were able to get really good at the, like, riding a horse. Like, the tool of a horse. Like, that's how they viewed them. And... They were really good at that, and they were really good at a bow. Like, just with that combination, they were dominant. Like, dominant. And they would just kill people, you know? And that... That was, like, a real threat for humans of the mid-1800s. Like, the U.S. government was pitching the West as, like, this place of opportunity where all I gotta do is survey this land and you have 20,000 acres and for free. You yeah. just got to survey it. And so people are going out there and riding on wagons and bringing their shit out on these ox-driven whatever. Yeah. When you play the Oregon Trail, like, you you got a gist of what that process is like. But then you get to these places and you have this band of Indians who just come in and murder you and your family and like there's no justification or reason for it and that was just like a reality of that time of life and it was 160 years ago I know it was like four grandfathers ago like we could we could trace our lineage back to that without much uncertainty and that was the way of life and it just feels so uncertain now we're concerned about getting enough likes on Instagram and like they were concerned about surviving a Native American attack. Like, that's wild to think about. Because, like you said, like, when we talk about the 30,000 years ago, that's crazy to even think about. But 160 years ago, like you said, that's four grandparents, four sets of grandparents ago. That's tangible, and you're sitting here like, wait a second. That, like, is incredible how far we have changed and yes a lot for the better but yes a lot for the worse yeah like it you could go down two paths where it's like think about how amazing technology has gotten and how much we can do since that but also think how much technology has hurt the human race and how it's going to continue to hurt the human race and it's just like wild to think about how we are as humans continuing to help and grow us but continuing to hurt us at the same exact time and it's like wait a second is there ever going to just be like a spot where it's like too far and it's 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 wild to think about because we're technically killing ourselves off as we speak and it's not going to happen in our lifetime it's probably not going to happen in our kids lifetime but Eventually, the humans are going to kill themselves off. Unless something changes. You hope it's not that soon. I guess, like, in your perspective, what... Like, what part of technology do you see as the most threatening? Like, Well, I think it's AI, 100%. And... But, like, that's one way you can look at it. But I also think we're... Like, if you're looking at technology... That's this. I think AI is such a scary thing. Mm-hmm. 
but also I look at technology as like we're killing off the earth and the ozone and no matter what happens even with AI and all that stuff we're gonna like run out of fossil fuels we're gonna look at the oceans look at all these things look at the the ice caps all these we're killing like there's two ways you can like technology wise that could happen you never know like it, like I've looked into a lot of things and I this it just fascinates me where it's like people are I think Joe Rogan that's one of those things he showed me it was like once robots can figure out how to fix themselves which it's really not that far away I don't think it, like it's gonna happen I, I personally don't think it's gonna happen soon but it's like wait a second at some point these robots that we're building are gonna be able to fix themselves in a way that could hurt us. That's re- that's crazy to think about. Like, you look at, like, those... And this is just, like, thinking small terms. Because, like, the home robots you think about now are those little, like, vacuums. Like, those are the... the Roomba. The, Roomba, yeah. Those are the robots you see in, in, our, in a, a house, a common household. Like, you don't see those electronic humans that you see in the science that are still... You don't ever see those at home. But those, like, little vacuums, like, those are robots. Like, obviously, those have such small... Like, those things will never... But, like, that's a robot. Mm-hmm. And that that's, like, those are becoming common. And it's like... They are common. Like, they've been common for 10 years now. Like, that's crazy to think about. But then on the other end, it's like... The humans are just... It's amazing how bad we are with the earth. Like, treating... You you look at anything. It's like, how has anybody in power... And I know people are trying, but, like, really not change anything. It's like... And there's scientific proof that we are... There's... The waters are... Or the ice is melting because of us. There's like garbage islands the size of like Texas in the middle of the ocean it's just like how have we not done anything it's it's wild it's and but like and I don't know what the the next step is like something's gonna have to happen to be like wait a second we're sitting here saying like we're not, we we gotta do something now but yeah I I remember I remember, like, it was either... I think it was early in high school. I think it was, like, my freshman or sophomore year in high school. So, like, 2009 or 2010, and this environmental advocacy group came in and talked to us. And um, what was that? You remember the um, senior deck? Yeah. You remember the, like, the hallway that kind of lined... Like, not where the senior deck was, but kind of across the courtyard from it? Was that an E building? E building. That was the math building. So there was like and the, then the two sides, yeah. There was like the one big. There was like the big like E one hundred one or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember being down in there and someone being like, "It was some sort." I think it was around the time when the Inconvenient Truth came out with Al Gore. Like it was Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth came out, and they were talking about carbon footprint, and we are consuming way more than the Earth can provide. Like we're just basically breaking down exactly the same shit that we're dealing with right now, but just kind of saying that, like, 
hey, this is something we should think about. Like, this is something we should do. And it was a lot less critical. And that was 10 years ago. That was, like, within our conceptual lifetime as two young adults. And that's, like, not a lot of time at all. And I guess I'm looking at what we're dealing with right now and just just the fact, like, it's not even, like, it's not even, like, a conversation. It's just kind of, like, looking at data and understanding that, like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. And, um... I guess, not that I'm super statistical or, like, an educational-focused human being, but, like, you look at the graph over the last 250 years alone, and it's it's exponential. I it's mean, ridiculous. It's, it's literally, like, it is mathematically exponential, the amount of economic consumption, like, the amount of growth that we've seen in the last foreseeable, like, foreseeable history, the last documented history, like, a blip in the magnitude of time (coughs) that humans have been alive, let alone Earth has been alive. And if, even though I was not a good student, one thing that I can remember from, like, learning fundamental science and math is that when there's something exponential, it, it has a limit. Like mm-hmm. when there's when there's an exponential growth, like there is a limit that where it reaches infinity and it doesn't continue moving on the axis. And I guess like that that scares me. Um, it does, it does. It's something that I try not to think about often, but yeah, it is it is a reality that. I think we're facing right now and it's something that I as an individual am concerned about um I think on the contrary like over the last 10 years especially in the last year I've seen a lot of trajectory in the opposite direction I've seen a, I've seen a lot of awakening by the youth yeah. and by people who are I think it's our generation it. that is actually I think it's the people below us more than anything that's true I think that we are the ones who are going to facilitate it but I think that it's the people that are younger than us who are driving it and um, it's it, it's just a matter of if if we can move quick enough and if whether or not enough damage has already been done. Whether we can, like, slow it down enough or stop it and, like, turn things back quick enough. But, you know, I think that we're in the right direction, regardless. I I, I agree. Like, obviously we're young and haven't been, but in the last couple years, and I, like... You see so much more, so many more people talking about it, and it's that conversation that people actually are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That in the five years prior to the last couple of years, no one would really. Well, be- even even this, like I didn't know you thought about it as much as you did. I didn't know you had as much awareness and like intelligent thought towards this as you you have shown me right now. Yeah. Like I know that I'm more vocal than most. Yeah, and I I bring it up in conversation when it probably isn't relevant or necessary, but like. I feel super passionate about it, but like the fact that you are aware enough and, and and like have enough like thought towards it to where you can bring it up and carry the conversation that you just did. Like, I don't know. It kind of gives, it gives me enough. 
no, optimism I, towards it that I agree and I think everybody knows there's yeah. not one person out there that's like no you know what I don't care like but that wasn't a thing like even two I years know. ago that's the thing it's like people didn't even think about it. people are like I'm just living like I know we have earth I know we have garbage but the, because of this conversation people are like wait a second it's not the fact that I don't think about it. It's the fact that we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's it takes away from, like I, like I said, I, I don't think there's one person out there that's like, F this earth, I want to destroy it. People just never thought about yeah. what's going on. And now that people are talking about it, it's it's that conversation that you have to have to like be able to talk about it and know what's going on in the earth and know what... It, what needs to be changed and what is the next step and yeah. what can we do now but like you said is it is there too much that's already been destroyed that we're too like yes we can slow things down and change things but are we too far I think it's more about like the physical consumption like we could we could totally stop consumption right now and fix everything yeah. I think the bigger problem is switching habits of generations that have built habits around that awareness not I mean even even us like I feel like I'm radical in terms of like our generation's perspective on like how to consume on earth yeah and I'm still not doing enough and yeah. um, it would, if we wanted to change things this instant people would have to do 180s and that's like yeah, it's 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 a matter of people being able to like completely switch their habitual structure, like yeah. not flying, like not flying as often, like maybe once a year. It's it's about buying food and eating every single aspect of it. It's about yeah. buying locally. It's there's so many different not aspects. Driving, of it. not not like as little as just like not using a, like or buying fruits that are can decompose and like yeah. using the the like using the seeds from the foods you eat. It's like all that stuff that people couldn't, you couldn't go to the store and buy a bag of Cheetos. Like that's bad. Like going to a store and buying, not even going to like growing, like going to your backyard and growing fruits and vegetables. Like it's just, it's amazing. Like it would have to be such a change to do it. So it's like, what can we do? Like, cause we have to think realistically and that's not going to happen. So it's like, what can be done? to slow like slow it down and change and I, I hate paper straws but man plastic straws suck it's like it's just like the little things what do you feel like that awareness like how does it impact your day to day life I think in the last six months I've started really like it's the like it's the little things like I I think one thing like eating everything it's like in college I would go to the store and let things just sit and it's like wait a second that's just terrible and then just toss it or like go to the store and and just throw cans and like it's just like and that's such a little thing and my growing and not growing but like just I think that idea of just using everything to its fullest and and that people don't think about because it's those it's just and my my little changes right aren't gonna change the world 
but it's just if everybody does a little change, then it's gonna help. But like it's it's I don't know. I think it's got to be such a bigger change, and I don't know what it is. I'm not smart enough to think about that. I yeah. I mean, all that shit is great, and like it is. It is a bunch of or it's a lot of people doing a little shit. But I think we're at a point where like I think we need regulation because individually humans are just too dumb to like I mean I what last last week I went on a little pace and wake adventure and I flew from Chicago to Florida Florida to Denver through Connecticut and then I went from Denver to New York through Atlanta and then New York back to Chicago and I was living my dream. I mean, that's all I've ever wanted. I was, I went to spend time with my dying grandfather. That was a beautiful moment for me. I'm so fortunate to be able to have had that opportunity. I flew out to Denver to like spend time with a gal who enjoys adventuring as much as I do and taking pictures of the process, my dream. And then I flew to New York to spend time with a high school friend and the purpose of it was to first of all spend time with him and just enjoy that experience but the subliminal aspect of it was to just take pictures and capture yeah like surface level my dream like i was living my dream Mm -hmm. but i couldn't enjoy it because i knew that i was flying and i mean what i saw it like literally four days ago it's like when you when you fly from New York to London, like let's just use that as like the benchmark for it. Yeah. You as an individual, as an individual recipient of that flight, of the three hundred to four hundred other people on that flight, you're consuming seven point five tons of carbon. You're putting that into the atmosphere. Yeah. That's three times what the average car is putting into the atmosphere over the course of a year. And yeah, flying is horrendous. It just, it made me feel really guilty and I couldn't appreciate it. And, um, I guess like why I'm using that to like illustrate we need regulation is because like me as an individual, like I want to do that. Yeah. But I need someone to tell me like, you can't fucking do that. And I'm not saying we're going to like, put an embargo on flights but like there needs to be a carbon tax that makes what you're spending on flights reflective of how much cost it is towards the atmosphere and um like if i if we were to impose a carbon tax like a flight from new york to la would probably cost like twelve thousand dollars and that's what it should cost like i'm not saying we should remove it from the part of earth but like you shouldn't be able to use credit card points to be able to fly because it, it, it just costs so much more yeah. to do that. Like, the cost of that is just That's so much crazy. more. Or technology needs to create an electric plane. I saw something where it's like, we're just way too far away from that. Like, we just need to stop. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, we just need to make, we just need to make things cost what they actually cost. Yeah. And that's going to fuck the economy. There's no doubt about that. Like things are going to radically change, but like, I think the world needs that. Cause we're just at a point where 
that like the luxuries we have are not reflective well, of. Like, think how much a tax or something like that would just change life, because people would have to think about how they do business. Because there's a lot of people that fly from Chicago to New York on the day. Oh, it would change everything. It would be like, it would change how families interact. Because families would get closer, you would think, because just travel would be harder. You would, like, travel, or just, like, vacations would change. Cause, like, it would, life would be so different. It would. And I'm not saying, I don't, I don't honestly, like... I just don't think it would be worse. I think that it would, like the the initial change would be traumatic. But I th- like I've been thinking about it. Like following that experience where I was, I mean, I probably burned just an abundance of carbon in the atmosphere, just bopping around the country. And it's like, do I do I need this? Like, yes, I appreciate it. Like it was nice. But would it have been worse to have? taking a train like what if there was a bullet train where I could get to Florida yeah. through through different like through a network where I could get there in you know eight hours like would it have been worse like it would have been that's, more time that's but the thing like maybe electric planes aren't it but there's different technology that like is. I think we have the technology it's just we have to reevaluate what we're expecting out of it like do we want to get there as quickly as humanly possible or do we want to get there as efficiently as possible? And it's like... Yeah, it's I, finding that happy medium because you don't want to... The, the most efficient is probably the slowest mm-hmm. just because that's walking or taking a bike. But it's also like the quickest is the least... Or the least... Yeah. Like, it's like... Wait a second. We need to find that happy medium where it's like you're not hurting the environment as much but you're not walking to Florida. Yeah. Well, and I think... Yeah, I mean, following that, I've been looking at, like, trains. Obviously, I'm moving out to Denver, and I'm trying to limit my air travel, and there's a train that goes from Chicago to Denver in 18 hours. And, wow, that's 18 hours is a lot of time, but in that time, you're going to spend 10 hours of it sleeping, which you're going to be doing regardless. You're going to be sleeping regardless of if you fly there or not. And in that process, you can work you can interact with other people let's say we do build a hyperloop burst bullet train in that like network where i mean you'd think that the chicago to denver like realm is a perfect place for a bullet train because it's incredibly flat you got like four or five like mid-major cities along the way you like i know i'm biased towards des moines but like des moines is a hub in between Minneapolis and Dallas like if you have that T structure of the trains in the middle of the United States where like the weather doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue moving forward like let's invest in that let's let's encourage people to move towards that spot like and then circling back like I just think that's where regulation like we just need regulation to kind of direct humans where the economy like the free markets is not going to direct it that's so true that is so true. Wowzer. Well. I think this has been a good first... Good first podcast. Good way to end it. Yeah. Let's just end it on a high note of, like, 
I think that was a pretty good progressive. If we, if you had to write a synopsis of this podcast, I don't know what you would in like a sentence, because we went from living at home to. I think it's exactly how I would have hoped it to go to our trip. Yeah. We talked a little about fast food business. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we touched that. You know. To ending with the world on a trajectory towards doomsday. But at least we're talking about it. We're talking about it. And that's all that matters. And get excited for our trip. We'll definitely have some content. I'm excited Ted, for that. I, I'm excited to listen to the first... The Ted Wick Show podcast. I'm glad that we recorded the first The Pace and Wick wow. Show podcast. You're throwing a lot at me. Maybe we could record the first Ted Wick on the trip. I, I, I'm i going to have the equipment, so... We'll have to and do I it. know I have the know-how, so we can make it work. Okay. Well... That was fun. Peace a, out. And that's the first episode of The Pace and Wick Show.